الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارحام ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ان اولى الناس بالمتقون من كانوا حيث ما كانوا او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وسبحان الله ومن كرام رضي الله بس ايت اوف ذا قران شريف يا فيري فاميليار ود بيكوز وي هير ات ريسايتد ان ذا خطبه اوف ذا نكاح ايفري تايم ذا نكاح تيكس بليس ذس ايت از ريسايتد there is any nikah that scheduled to take place here tonight perhaps by the time we finish maybe somebody might get ready but nevertheless the lesson that is in this ayat is what is the purpose of this discussion in this ayat allah taala commences the surah the surah is suratul nisa titled suratul nisa the surah pertaining to women though there are numerous ahkam in this ayat in the surah but this is the title that the surah of the woman so in any case allah taala addresses the entire mankind ya ayyuhan nasu taqu rabbakum o people annas everybody whoever it might be fear your rabb fear your rabb meaning fear the disobedience of your rabb because this is what creates all the havoc in a person's life the disobedience of allah taala and what is going to be the means of him gaining the success of this world and the next year next world is adopting the fear of allah taala in the sense that staying away from the disobedience of allah taala this is the beginning of surah an-nisa the last ayat of the surah preceding it surah ali imran the very last ayat of that surah also finishes off on the same theme ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu sabiru wa sabiru wa rabitu wattaqullaha la'allakum tuflihun o you who believe adopt sabr and not just yourself but wa sabiru and why would one another in adopting the sabr in other words you adopt more sabr than the next person because there will be situations which will there will be two parties involved in it and now both will have to adopt some sabr so each one is being encouraged you be the one to adopt even more sabr wa sabiru wa rabitu and take care of the boundaries of deen then wattaqullaha la'allakum tuflihun fi allah taala adopt taqwa so that you may be successful 
this is the last part of the surah. The person wants to succeed. So the only prescription of success is Fear Allah Ta'ala, you'll be successful. Adopt taqwa, adopt the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala and let that be your guide in every step of life. And Allah Ta'ala is giving the guarantee that you will be successful. Now this surah finishes off on this note and the first ayat of the next surah Ya ayyuhal nasu taqwa rabbakum O people, fear your Rabb. Fear your Rabb, fear the disobedience of your Rabb. As mentioned, that this is what creates the havoc in a person's life. Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala on one occasion he addressed the people and he said to them that I will give you some advice which you can ride the camels till they perish, you won't find this advice anywhere. Meaning on your own accord you can't get it. You can only get it from those who have that in-depth knowledge of the Qur'an Sharif, of the ahadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa and who can summarize these great lessons in a few words for you. Otherwise it's very simple, straightforward aspects. But to understand it in this manner, this is not something everybody's job. So then the advice that he gave, the first thing that he said was, La yarju abdun illa rabbah. person should only have hope in his Rabb. Hope in Allah Ta'ala alone. Hope in any of the makhluk is going to lead to some kind of disappointment somewhere. Yes, together with having hope in Allah Ta'ala alone, on the level of asbab, on the level of means, without having any kind of hope in makhluk, Allah Ta'ala hasn't made it forbidden that a person should ask somebody to assist him in something, or whatever the day-to-day situations may be. That's within limits. But hope still in Allah Ta'ala alone. His tawakkul and trust in Allah Ta'ala alone. And to the extent that he will trust in Allah Ta'ala alone, he will be at peace. And to the extent that he'll put his trust in makhluk, in the creation of Allah Ta'ala, then some way or the other he's going to get disappointed. And this disappointment, disappointment leads to hurt. person then feels disappointed that my expectations were not fulfilled. His expectations, this becomes the starting point of the problem that he has placed expectations somewhere, then things didn't turn out according to his expectations, what he expected of the person. So now that expectations were not fulfilled, as a result now, this results in bitterness. Because he feels disappointed, and he feels pain, feels hurt, and then this creates bitterness, and then that bitterness and acrimony starts. And then there's a reaction. And then one thing leads to another, and Allah forbid way it finishes off. But the person who's got his trust in Allah Ta'ala alone, has Ali radiallahu anhu, another statement of his is, عَرَفْتُ رَبِّي بِفَسْخِ الْعَزَائِمِ This whole, our whole life, the object of this life of ours is to recognize Allah Ta'ala. Recognize our Rabb. And if a person has recognized everything else, but he failed to recognize his Rabb, that he's really failed, then it's a complete failure. He might have recognized whatever else. Recognize rocket science also and mastered it. But if he failed to recognize the rub of that moon on which that rocket will land, then he's a complete failure. So our main object in dunya is to recognize our rub and then submit ourselves entirely to him. 
So Ali radiallahu anhu says, among the things by means of which I recognized my Rabb, the ma'rifat of my Rabb, again, araftu Rabbi bifaskhil azaim, with the cancellation of my determinations. I was determined to do something. I was determined that this must, I'm going to sort this out in this manner. I'm going to reach there in a certain time. Or this is what I'm going to, this is my target I'm going to achieve. And all various kinds of determinations. But something or the other comes in the way that got cancelled off. I just never managed to reach there. I just never managed to achieve that. All this kept on bringing the reality to me that there's a controller, a supreme controller. And my determinations, my efforts, my expertise, all whatever I attribute to myself, my and I, all that is nothing at all. It's what Allah Ta'ala wills, that is what will happen. Araftu Rabbi bifaskhil azaim. The first message he gave was, La yarju abdun illa rabbah. And the second thing he said, Wala yakhafu illa zamba. The only thing that he really needs to fear, People have, they have all kinds of fears. But he says the real thing to fear, and the only real thing to fear, wala yakhafu illa zamba, only his sins, he needs to fear his sins. Because nothing can harm him like the harm that his sins will bring upon him. Other things are all superficial. In reality, other things are all superficial. The real harm is the harm of sin. Because the harm of other things, is a very limited harm. Its extent of harm is only till this dunya. Person's eyes closed, that all that harm disappears in the air. Just fizzles out into nothing. It can't harm him anymore. Somebody is an arch enemy, that person is trying his utmost to harm him, and he's torturing him, Allah forbid. But how long? When death comes, what can he do now? End of the story. He, from his side, he can't harm the person anyway. Anymore. Can be the most dangerous animal, but if a person has passed away, that animal can do nothing to him. What more it can do to him? But a person sins, the harm will pass beyond this phase of dunya. The harm of those sins will affect him in the qabr. The harms of those sins will affect him on the day of qiyamah. Allah forbid the sins might drag a person to jahannam. And all this is a reality, even dunya, it makes dunya a place of misery for the person. So the real thing to fear is wala yakhafu illa zamba. To fear his sins. Because sins create the havoc in a person's life. So in any case, coming back to this ayat of the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala is giving us the same message, Ya ayyuhannasuttaqu rabbakum. O people, fear your Rabb. Out of all the various attributes of Allah Ta'ala, the attribute of Rabb is being mentioned here, that this is something to all the time keep in mind and this is something we keep reminding ourselves of in every rakat, of every salah we have to recite Surah Al-Fatiha Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Allah Ta'ala is the Rabb and Allah alone is the Rabb nobody else can ever be described with the word Rabb only Allah is the Rabb that being who creates and then takes it from the various stages Develops it from stage to stage gradually, bringing it to perfection. Only Allah does. Allah is the nurturer. He is nurturing us, nurturing every makhluk and every creation. If an insan just thinks about it, 
that we feel we did this, we did that, how many things we attribute to ourselves, but really how much do we do? person thinks that I, you know, I'm, I have to feed my family, I have to do this, but even forget feed the family, we can't feed ourselves in reality. At the most a person can put the muscle in his mouth, maybe he can chew it, but beyond that he doesn't even have any physical control over it. Putting in his mouth, there was some apparent control. He could take it out, put it in. In chewing, maybe he could decide to chew it, don't chew it. There was some physical control. But when it moves down past his tongue into the throat, what control does he have over it? He has absolutely no control. As it goes down, no control. What happens to it in the digestive system, he's got no control over it. How it will, whether it nourish him and it will become a source of good for him, whether it will become a source of illness for him, he's got no control over it. All this Allah alone controls, how it goes down from his throat and in a manner it doesn't just drop and just plop into his stomach, it contracts from one end and expands on the other end and the entire, the entire path that it takes down to the stomach in a very, very controlled and gradual process but without least control anywhere. And then when it comes into the stomach and all the digestive juices that come into play and how the whole system of the digestive digestion takes place and then how the nutrition is then extracted from that food and how the waste is separated and how all these things occur without him even understanding, even realizing what is happening. Allah is the Rabb. Allah Ta'ala alone is doing it. He has to recognize the Rabb. And recognize the Rabb, then submit to him alone. And refrain from his disobedience. So, ya ayyuhan nasu taqoo rabbakum. Then Allah Ta'ala says, Ya ayyuhan nasu taqoo rabbakum alladhi khalaqakum min nafsi wahida. Fear your Rabb. Fear his disobedience. That Rabb who created you from a single soul. Single soul, Adam alayhi salatu wasalam. Wa khalaqa minha zawjaha. And then created his spouse from him. From that single soul, Allah ta'ala created his spouse. Adahawa radiallahu ta'ala anha. And then through this one couple, wa basta minhuma rijalan kathira wa nisa'a. Allah ta'ala caused this entire humanity to then spread forth. That from this one couple, then they progeny, and then they offspring thereafter and this multiplied and now the whole world is filled with this billions of people. Allah says, but it started off from this one soul, single soul. And in this is that lesson that the father and mother of this entire humanity are one. One couple. Allah it was in his kudrat, could have created a hundred Adam al-Islams, hundred people, hundred Adam al-Islams, meaning hundred individuals and hundred Hawa radiallahu anha, and out of these hundred couples, the humanity, race of humanity could then continue. Allah Qudrat could have been there. Allah Ta'ala didn't do that. Because then it will still be that, well, we are from this particular father and mother. You are from some other father and mother. We've got nothing to do with you. But everybody finally links up to the same father and mother. Adam alayhi salatu wasalam and al-Hawa radiallahu ta'ala anha. Not anybody else. The entire insaniyat, entire humanity is one brotherhood. It can be a person from any part of the world, any color, any language, whatever it is. Insaniyat is one brotherhood. And there is no superiority of one person over the other. 
on the basis of any of these aspects, on the basis of color, language, nationality, nothing. The only superiority is on the same taqwa that Allah is talking about in the sight of the Quran Sharif. The one who has greater taqwa, the one who has iman obviously is the starting point of taqwa. And then on that iman, then the more he gets closer to Allah Ta'ala, that's the only point of superiority, nothing else. Allah Ta'ala is saying, remember, this is Allah Ta'ala's grace and mercy. Again then Allah Ta'ala says, This is the first ayat carrying on. And in the first ayat already, the second time, now Allah Ta'ala is giving the same command. See Allah Ta'ala. In the surah, there are many, many injunctions. The next ayat, the second ayat of the surah deals with the aspect of orphans. How should orphans be treated to be just to the orphan? And now the person is treating the orphan or caring for the orphan. So that orphan might have been left some wealth by his father, father passed away, whatever. So now that guardian is going to take care of that wealth as well. It can become a very, very sensitive situation. It can become a very great test and challenge. Because now, he is in charge, who is going to be there to see what's going on? In the surah then there's the laws pertaining to women. How does a person take care of the situation of his wife? And if he's got more than one wife, then how does he maintain the justice? Then in the surah also is the laws of inheritance. How does a person now discharge that inheritance? And there's many other ahkam. Now all these laws are coming up. But who is going to be able to fulfill these laws? Person who's got taqwa. In the surah, the aspects of now in the next, in the same ayat Allah Ta'ala says, وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ الَّذِي تَسَاءَلُونَ بِهِ وَالْأَرْحَامِ Fear the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala. Fear Allah Ta'ala. In whose name you ask one another your needs. This is to really just how sometimes a person is really some emotion is kindled within him to motivate him. So now that Allah in whose name you ask, sometimes you in a real situation you say, please for Allah's sake give it to me. For Allah's sake help me. When you are in a real situation and you are in a desperate situation, then you take Allah's name and say, please help me in Allah's name. So why don't you keep that same thing in mind all the time? In Allah's name, who I ask people my needs, I must remember Allah Ta'ala all the time. I should be obedient to Him all the time. And fear Allah Ta'ala with regards to maintaining the rights of relatives. Fear Allah Ta'ala in this regard. Now, repeatedly this taqwa, because there's no thermometer, there's no yardstick to measure to what extent is a person fulfilling these things. One is that now a person, for example, has to do something now, he has to perform four rakats salah, so now he performs three rakats, there's a yardstick there, four rakats, you made three rakats, it's not complete, it's undone. He's supposed to make five salah a day, he made four salah for the day. Not even, this is not acceptable that you can't call this person a namazi, because five times salah, that makes a person a namazi. Now there's a yardstick there, that there's five salah in the day, there's so many fasts in the month of Ramadan to keep, or there's two and a half percent zakat to discharge, now he calculated one percent and gave it, and he's feeling happy I did something. No, no, you didn't do it. 
It's two and a half percent. You can calculate it for yourself. Two and a half percent. Now these things, there's a measure, there's a yardstick in a sense. But now, while well, arham, fulfilling the rights of relatives, maintaining the relationships, what's the yardstick that did I really fulfill the rights or not? Isn't any real measurement in this world that we can measure with? It mustn't happen that on the day of Qiyamah the person thinks everything was in order. On the day of Qiyamah it comes out that no, it's short. So the only way that he will be really fulfilling this is if that nur of taqwa is in the heart. That's the only light that will light up the path. What he's supposed to do, what he should refrain from. Without that light of taqwa, he's in darkness. And a person in darkness, a person in darkness doesn't know where he's heading, what he's doing, whether he's picking up a stick or snake, whether he's walking on safe ground or he's heading towards a huge pit. He's got no idea, he's walking in the darkness. So repeatedly this aspect of taqwa, taqwa, the nur of taqwa, to the extent this nur of taqwa will be in the heart, it will light up everything. Now the person will be able to fulfill the rights of orphans if he's taking care of an orphan. He'll be able to fulfill the rights of his wife. And likewise, the wife will be able to take care of the rights of the husband. And Arham, he will be able to fulfill the rights of his parents, the rights of other relatives. In the surah, the command regarding inheritance, he's got taqwa, he'll discharge the inheritance correctly. Otherwise, many a times, Mashallah, the taqwa is tremendously great in the masjid. The taqwa is tremendously great in the masjid, in the amal of deen, etc. Alhamdulillah. But when it comes to monetary things, suddenly then there's like a separate deen, nauzubillah. Now sometimes a person out of ignorance, out of whatever, he made a will which is not conforming to shariat. Now that will is null and void in terms of shariat. But because it's a valid document, it's a legal document, so in terms of the law of the land, it's enforceable. But in terms of shariat, it's null and void. It holds no weight, it's not worth the paper is written on. The person has put clauses in there, that I bequeath this to this son, and bequeath that. Now a person can't make a bequest for an automatic heir, for a son, for a daughter, it's not valid. Now the person did that out of ignorance, whatever it was, he did it. He passed away. When he passed away, now somebody is holding on to that. But this is what my father wrote. This is what my mother wrote. How can I go against the last wishes of my father? How can I go against the last wishes of my mother? How can I... Now, suddenly all the last wishes of the father and mother came into play. But the command of Allah Ta'ala all this while, is that something that we forgot about? Now these things become very difficult if the taqwa is missing. If the taqwa is there, then all this a person very easily passes by and takes care of it in the right manner. And make sure everything is done the way Allah Ta'ala will be pleased. Wattaqullah, Then it's very significant that this ayat is recited in the khutbah of nikah. There are many, many ayat with the theme of taqwa in the whole Quran Sharif. Only three ayat are recited in the khutbah of nikah. This is Masnoon, Rasulullah recited it. This is among the ayat that is recited. And in this ayat is this theme of taqwa. 
and also in this word, Taqullah alladhi tasa'aluna bihi wal arham. See Allah Ta'ala with regards to this relationship, family ties. Or the person is getting married, and now this ayat is being recited to him. In the khutbah. There's a message in it. The message is being given to the groom, for example. That listen now, you're getting married. So when you get married, sometimes it happens that the groom now, he becomes completely, you now flips on the other side. He forgets his own family. So Allah Ta'ala is giving this message in this ayat, and this ayat is being recited in the khutbah of nikah, that remember you still have your parents to worry about. You still have your relationships to maintain as well. Don't forget this. This is part of your responsibility. And likewise that wife is being told that sometimes you might get married and come across and find everything, mashallah, so wonderful, so nice and comfortable in your new home. You forget your own family. Or it happens the other way around. That a person now tries to make his wife forget her family. He doesn't want her to have anything to do with her family. By force he is trying to prevent her from keeping relationship with her family. The Quran Sharif is telling him, remember this, she still has relatives. She has to maintain those ties. Obviously, the husband's right is above all those relatives, but that cannot be ignored completely. And on the other side sometimes, that wife tries to make the husband forget his relatives. Now she tries to convert him. The only thing that's left now, she didn't make his son in change to hers. And this has become now part of the same, everything that the West does, we have to imitate it. So now in the Western circles now, this double barrel surname started. So now somebody gets married now, it's like not really fine to now drop one surname entirely, so now the double barrel surname. So now we started the double barrel surnames too. So now somebody gets married, so now she adopts the husband's surname together with her own surname, double barrel. So double barrel Allah knows best, that thing got outdated long time. Didn't hear about it for a long, long time. But now the only thing left now is the husband being forced to also make his son in double barrel. So this is the message being given that look, these relationships have to be maintained with that balance. Allah Ta'ala is going to question about this. To maintain these relationships in a manner that the balance is maintained. That neither the person neglects his own family and nor he neglects the family that he is now married into. Because both apply. Allama Alusi Rahmatullah in his tafsir Ruhul Mahani or Hazrat Rahmatullah used to quote this and in the tafsir of this ayat he says that what is this Al-Arham? Al-Aqriba min jihatin nasab or min jihatin nisa. That relationships that come through lineage and through marriage, all this is included in this. Now a person has to maintain this. And this is such a great part of deen, that one will be amazed that what is in the Quran Sharif, what is in the ahadith of Rasulullah in terms of the importance of maintaining these relationships. Unfortunately, as we often discuss this, that we've departmentalized deen. Certain things we will apply, certain things for somebody else. 
Whereas deen is not something departmentalized. Deen is everything that deen has given us. Every aspect of deen is to be taken wholeheartedly. And this muasharat, this social life that deen has taught, that too is to be taken. In the Quran Sharif, in so many ayat, the rights of relatives in general. Give the relatives their right. What should we spend? The Sahaba asked. Who else should we spend on? Okay, whatever you spend for your parents, your relatives. After your parents, the rest of the relatives. Nabi Salaam said a person gives sadaqa to a destitute person, that's one sadaqa. Meaning he'll get one reward, rewarded accordingly to the sadaqa. He gives something to his relatives, it'll be double sadaqa. It'll be two. One is the reward of sadaqa, the second is the reward of joining family relationships. Double reward. Man ahabba ayyubsata lahu fi rizqihi wa yunsa'a lahu fi atharihi fal yasil rahima. The one who loves to have barakat in his life and wealth, then he must join family ties, maintain family relationships. In fact, in one hadith sharif it is mentioned that when Allah Ta'ala created the makhluk, so family relationships, this too has a form. This too was given a form. This too is makhluk. This too is a creation of Allah Ta'ala. So it humbled itself in front of Allah Ta'ala and he said, Hada maqamul a'idhi become minal qati'ah. Now, kinship itself Kinship itself, it started pleading, Ya Allah, I am seeking your refuge from the breaking of ties. Because I know what a severe thing this is. Kinship itself is seeking refuge. Ya Allah, please you save me from being cut. Allah Ta'ala then addressed kinship and said to it, that, Are you happy with this? Man wasalaki wasaltuhu. Wa man qata'aki qata'atuhu. The one who will cut you off, I'll cut him off. The one who will maintain you, I'll maintain him. Say, okay, I'm very happy with this. This is how crucial this is. It's not just a by the way thing, a secondary thing, an optional thing. No, this is an essential thing. And indeed in this is where there's a lot of mujahada. Our concept of mujahada is confined to certain things only. A person wakes up for tahajjud, there's mujahada in it. Indeed, there's mujahada. And he'll get rewarded for the mujahada. But sometimes, over time, that mujahada, when a person regularly does something, that difficulty goes away. Some people, mashallah, become so accustomed to fasting, for example, every Monday and Thursday. Now you try to stop the person, it's summer now, it's a long day, it's a hot day. It's a nafil fast after all. He says, no, no, I'm fine. You carry on. I'm, don't worry about me, I'm fine. He cannot... He cannot handle it that he must be asked to leave out fasting. There is a mujahada in it. But now that mujahada has become so pleasant to him, that he becomes, starts enjoying it actually. So there's no problem in enjoying it. It's not that something happened, something wrong happened. Alhamdulillah, that's a ni'mat, that's from Allah Ta'ala's side, that now he's enjoying that ibadat. That's Allah Ta'ala's blessing and grace upon him. So these mujahadas in time start becoming easy. In fact, it starts becoming a pleasure. 
But in maintaining relationships, in keeping ties, in doing these kind of things, that mujahada sometimes just keeps, keeps increasing. But this is where that mujahada, وَالَّذِينَ جَاهَدُوا فِيْنَا لَنَهْدِيَنَّهُمْ سُبُولَنَا Because everything Allah Ta'ala has placed in mujahada. And al-mushahada biqadri al-mujahada. Mushahada and witnessing the grace of Allah Ta'ala will be to the extent of the mujahada. How much the person strive. And the nafs really gets tested in all these things. We are heading towards the very Mubarak days of Eid al-Adha and the Qurbani. And mashallah, with what enthusiasm we start getting closer to those days. And as it's now the last one, two weeks, people with that zeal are sometimes going far off to find animals of their choice. Alhamdulillah, all this is part of that uh, zeal for this great ibadat. Allah Ta'ala grant even greater enthusiasm. Alhamdulillah, summa alhamdulillah. After all, such a great ibadat that on the day of Qurbani, Nabi Islam says that there is no ibadat that is more beloved to Allah Taala than the causing of the blood of the Qurbani animals to flow. Now this is mentioned in many ahadith. But there is one hadith sharif in At-Targheeb At-Targheeb which mentions something further. That on, now imagine now, this is that ibadat that happens only in this time of the year. Qurbani itself, this udhiyah, and qurbani doesn't happen any other time of the year. It's just those three days, that's it. Thereafter a person can slaughter an animal, he slaughters it and distributes the meat to the poor, whatever, he'll get rewarded. But not qurbani, this is not qurbani of idul adha. The special virtue of this is only in those days. Now this is an ibadat that happens only in this time. And yet in one hadith sharif, Rasulullah further says that there is no amal that is more beloved to Allah Taala on the days of Qurbani than slaughtering the animals of Qurbani with the exception of one aspect. إِلَّا أَن تَكُونَ رَحِمًا تُوسَلْ أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Except a person who on this day goes out to go and join some family ties that act is even more beloved to Allah. Now that is something that could have happened any time of the year also. But on this particular time and this particular occasion, when this is such a great ibadah taking place, and Nabi Islam says this, now it doesn't mean that qurbani must be neglected, but as great as that qurbani is, on that day there is something even more beloved to Allah. That also. Except that a person is now going out to join some family tie that is even more beloved to Allah. This highlights to us what a great aspect this is. It is not something, by the way, not a secondary thing, it's a very essential thing, and this is what creates that muhabbat, creates that peace. Everybody is insan, we are insan, others are insan, we make mistakes, others make mistakes. We also are desirous people must now overlook our mistakes and not take us to task too much for it. Others also the same. The issue that is required is to bring the sila rahmi alive. This maintaining of family ties. This requires a lot of mujahada. It requires crushing the ego. It requires humbling oneself. But this is that which brings the closeness to Allah. Ta'ala. That to the extent that that ego is crushed, to the extent that a person humbles himself for Allah, Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala elevates him. هذا الشيخ الحديث مع ذكرها سابقا رحمة الله عليه فأعطوا فضائل أعمال 
what makbuliyat and what acceptance Allah Ta'ala has blessed him with. Just through this one kitab we can understand the acceptance that at any given time, there's probably, Allah knows best, tens of thousands of jamaats working throughout the world. And part of the talim would be to recite from the fazail amal. So daily, tens of thousands of places this kitab is being read. Then that's just in that one regard. Every masjid almost, majority of masjids, after some salah there is a talim of the fazail amal. Account throughout the world, India, Pakistan, South Africa, Allah knows best, it must be running in the hundreds of thousands. That daily from this book, from this kitab, people are benefiting. This is a sign of that maqbooliyat, that acceptance in the court of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala made this benefit flow through him. Now this great uh, position, etc., we see, we admire, we marvel at it. But behind the scenes, these people weren't just, they just, just had an easy ride and just came to it. No, oh, they made that mujahada as well. In various lines, every aspect. Whether it was in the aspect of ibadat, whether it was in the aspect of the nawafil, etc., let alone the nawafil and what other ibadat that they exerted themselves in, whether it was in their cleanliness of their dealings, whether it was in their beautiful akhlaq, and also in the aspect of muasharat. He writes one incident about himself, inshallah, we'll finish off on this. says that he used to come to his hometown. He was based in Saharanpur where the madrasa was, at the madrasa, but his hometown was Kandla. And that is where his family was, everybody was there. But he was teaching here, so his whole year used to be here. And when the madrasa would be now on recess, then he would come to his hometown. So once when he came, it turned out now this happens. Now the whole home, the whole village is like one family. And when he comes there, he realizes that there's something has happened. Now, half the village, one, one half part of the family is now at loggerheads with the other half, you know, talking to each other, and there's some problem that has happened. But all are related. Now, he came and he heard about this. Now, he obviously belongs to one half of the family. So, his normal routine was whenever he would come, he would come once a year or so, he would end up going to visit everybody. Just one minute here, half minute there, just make salam here, whatever. But this is part of the Silah Rahmi. He came for a very limited time, so many people to meet, but he'll go and meet everyone. So now when he came, this was his normal routine, so he went to start meeting everyone. So he'll meet somebody, that person happens to be on, so to say, his half of the family. They meet him very well. Then he knocks on some other door, that person happens to be on the other half of the family. So now the low person opens the door, now because he belongs to that half, by default he also becomes a problem. Whether there's any problem with him or not, in fact he doesn't even know fully what's the problem also. But because he belongs to that half of the family, by default he's also a problem. Now this is how, when this akhlaq drops, when this muasharat that deen has taught us is forgotten, when the guidance of the Quran and Sunnah is abandoned, then this kind of jahiliyat comes in. That because somebody belongs to some part of a family or because he is related to somebody and I got a problem with that person, then I got a problem with him also. Doesn't matter whether he knows anything about it, doesn't know anything about it, whether he's responsible for something, he's not responsible. By relationship, by association, he becomes guilty. So now this person opens the door, he sees him, so he slams the door in his face. Then somebody else sees him, and he starts saying some harsh words, and he says some things, and he slams the door. In any case, he comes, knocks on the door, 
and this is the reception he gets, so he goes on to the next door, next person, third person, and every person or every other person from that half of that family is giving him the same kind of treatment. Now all this while there was one of his own relatives, meaning from his own half of the family that was accompanying him, and he's observing all this, and he's asking him that, you know, how, how are you taking all this? In any case, he carried on, finished it, and finally he went round through the whole town, and then he went away. The next year he came back. Now this whole year passed, and this was still continuing. Still this matter hadn't been resolved. Now again, as per his routine, again he started doing the round. Now the same relative who accompanied him the last time, accompanies him again. So now he comes again to one person from the other end, or from the other half of the family. That person opens the door, he sees him again, he slams the door. Next door, again similar story. So this relative who is accompanying him, he asked him, don't you have any sense of honor? Don't you have any shame in you? That you were treated in this way the last time? You came back now and you're still subjecting yourself to the same treatment? Now this is his expression of it. That don't you have any shame? Don't you have any sense of honor? But what was Sheikh Hamtulale's response? He said, they doing what they want to do. I will do what I have to do. They are doing something which is wrong, but that's their they issue. I got no control over that. But what is directed to me is that I should join the ties. This much is in my capacity to knock on the door, make salam with the person. But now if he slams the door in my face, now I'm, that's where I finish off, then I go to the next person. So I'm doing what I have to do. They'll carry on doing what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Sheikh Hamtul Ali mentions this incident and he says it was not long after this. That many of the people who were slamming the door in my face became some of my most ardent buddhis. Allah Ta'ala turned the heart. Now, the hearts are in the control of Allah Ta'ala, but it was this mujahada. There was a mujahada. Last time the person comes, the door is slammed in his face, but he doesn't take that as a, now, I must now give the same kind of treatment back. No, no, I'll do the right thing. Somebody doesn't want to stop doing the wrong, why must I stop doing the right? He says, I learned this one, I got very pleased once, I overheard two people talking. And the one person was saying now that, you know, I advised this person so many times and I told him, don't do this wrong. And so many times I've advised him, but now he's not taking any heed, so I'm going to stop this. I'm not going to tell him anymore. So the other person said to him that he is not stopping the wrong that he's doing, why you want to stop the right you're doing? He's not stopping the wrong you're doing. What advice you're giving, that's the good thing, that's the right thing. Why you want to stop the right? You're doing your work. Inshallah, when the time comes, it will then have its impact and effect. So this, this is that message. That people will do the wrong. We must do the right. We don't do what people are doing because somebody does the wrong. We must do the wrong as well. No, we have to adopt that higher. Ya ayyuhalladina amunuzbiru wa sabiru wa rabitu to adopt this taqwa, bring in this akhlaq, this mu'amalat, this mu'asharat, all these teachings of deen that Nabi Salaam gave us, the Quran Sharif gave us, this is what will make us successful in dunya also, and make us successful in the akhirat as well. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala, give us the tawfiq, wa akhiru da'wana, alhamdulillah.
اللهم وفقنا لما تحب وترضى اللهم وفقنا لما تحب وترضى واجعل اخرتنا خيرا من الاولى اله العالمين يا الله most merciful most gracious most kind most loving Allah اله العالمين يا الله يا الله we are totally indebted to you for all your nعمات and bounties يا الله اله العالمين your countless nعمات and bounties are showering upon us every moment يا الله اله العالمين but we have been so ungrateful يا الله despite your in numerable bounties we have been so disobedient ya allah we have trampled your laws ya allah we have broken your laws of deen ya allah ilahu alamin we have ignored the way of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam ya allah we have done so many injustices to the deen ya allah ilahu alamin out of your grace and mercy forgive us ya allah ya allah forgive us ya allah ya allah forgive us ya allah ya allah we are truly regretful and remorseful of all the wrong we have done ya allah ya allah we are repenting in your house in this night ya allah ilahu alamin accept our tawbah ya allah accept our tawbah ya allah accept our tawbah ya allah ilahu alamin make us your true and obedient servants ya allah ilahu alamin forgive us ya allah forgive our families ya allah forgive our friends and relatives ya allah ya allah forgive the entire ummah of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam ya allah remove the pain and suffering of the ummah ya allah ya allah throughout the world we have the muslims are in suffering ya allah give them ease and afiyat ya allah remove their hardships and difficulties ya allah remove the oppression from the muslims ya allah remove the poverty and pain ya allah remove the suffering ya allah ilahu alamin we acknowledge whatever is happening is due to our sins ya allah allah forgive us and forgive the entire ummah ya allah grant us and the entire ummah the tawfiq of those amal that bring down your rahmat ya allah save us and the entire ummah from such amal that bring down your azab ya allah ilahu alamin ya allah grant us taqwa ya allah full our hearts with taqwa ya allah full our hearts with the nur of taqwa ya allah enlighten our hearts with taqwa ya allah let taqwa be our guide in every step of life ya allah ilahu alamin let our business dealings be with taqwa ya allah let our muasharat and social life be with taqwa ya allah allah let every aspect of our life be with taqwa ya allah let us conduct ourselves with taqwa in our homes ya allah with our families ya allah allah in every aspect ya allah ilahu alamin let us conduct ourselves in a way you are pleased ya allah allah save us from the things that displease you ya allah ilahu alamin ya allah grant us istiqamat on deen ya allah grant us istiqamat on sirat al mustaqim ya allah Save us from all the isms, Ya Allah. Save us from all the deviations, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, Ya Allah. You grant us the tawfiq of, Ya Allah, all that which pleases you, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, Ya Allah. Grant us the tawfiq of the ittiba of the sunnah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And save us from the ways of the Yahud and Nasara, Ya Allah. Allah, put the love of the Mubarak sunnah in our hearts, Ya Allah. Enable us to live the Mubarak sunnah, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, Ya Allah. All those who are sick, give them shifai kamila, adila, mustamirra, daima. Allah, remove all their illnesses, Ya Allah. Allah, give us cure from all our spiritual ailments, Ya Allah. Give us cure from our physical ailments, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, Ya Allah. All those with any kind of difficulties and hardships, Allah, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Allah, grant afiyat to one and all, Ya Allah. Allah, those who are in debt, Ya Allah, make their debts get paid easily, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, Ya Allah. Those with any financial difficulties, Ya Allah, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Grant barakat in each one's risk, Ya Allah. Grant us halal and tayyib risk, Ya Allah. Save us from every drop and grain of haram, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, Ya Allah. All those who have passed away, make their complete maghfirat, Ya Allah. Grant them the highest stages in the akhirat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, our moment is coming also, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, keep us in such a condition, Ya Allah, that when that moment suddenly comes, Ya Allah, we are in a condition that you are pleased with, Ya Allah, that we are happy to meet you, Ya Allah, you are happy to meet us, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, Ya Allah, take us with the kalima, La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah, Ya Allah, take us on iman-e-kamil, Ya Allah, take us on tawbat al-nasuh, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, make our covered gardens of jannah for us, Ya Allah, 
Allah grant us the shafaat of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah give us jannatul firdaus without any reckoning, Allah. Allah don't take us to task on that day, Allah. Allah grant us jannatul firdaus without any reckoning, Allah. Ilahul alameen, ya Allah. Allah throughout the world, ya Allah. Allah with all the Muslims throughout the world, grant each one afiyat, ya Allah. Allah protect the iman and amal of every Muslim, ya Allah. Protect the life, wealth and honor of every Muslim, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, ya Allah. Grant afiyat to one and all, ya Allah. Allah unite the hearts of the ummah, ya Allah. Unite the hearts of spouses, ya Allah. Unite the hearts of parents and children, ya Allah. Unite the hearts of brothers and sisters, ya Allah. Unite the hearts of families, ya Allah. Unite the hearts of the ummah of Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ilahul alameen, ya Allah. Allah make us your true and obedient and loyal servants, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, all the work of deen that is taking place, accept it, ya Allah. Make it a means of hidayat, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, ya Allah. All those who have raised their hands to this dua, those who asked us to make dua for them, ya Allah. Those who have made any ihsan upon us, ya Allah. Allah fulfill each one's pious aspirations, ya Allah. Fulfill each one's needs from the ghayb, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, grant the best of dunya and akhirah to each one, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, ya Allah, protect each one in every aspect, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, ya Allah. Allah, all the good that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa begged for. Allah, we also begging all that good, ya Allah. Whatever Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sought refuge from, Allah, you grant us protection as well, ya Allah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa na'udhu bika min sharri musta'adaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balagh. ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وأصحابه أجمعين سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله